welcome to the Diocesan Digest, a news outlet for the Episcopal Diocese of Oklahoma. I'm your host, Sarah Smith, coordinator of media. In these short episodes, we will share the latest news, ministry stories, clergy, spotlights, and much more about the Diocese of Oklahoma each week. If you or your congregation wants to share a ministry story or other important news item, or even a particular topic you want to see covered on the podcast, please contact me at smith at epiok.org. started a few announcements. The deadline for the bishop search is coming up on July 6th, so just two weeks away. If you know of folks who may be interested, please share the profile and application. The Transitions Committee members have been announced for the bishop search. Those names can be found on our website under announcements or in this week's newsletter. Lastly, happy Pride Month, y'all. There are a few activities you can join in on that several of our Episcopal churches will be involved in this weekend. In the city, the Pride Parade is this Saturday from 10 to 2, and the festival goes all day. Grace Yukon and St. Augustine's will be driving a joint float in the parade and hosting a booth during the event. There are so many fabulous events and activities going on for all ages, so be sure to check that out on Saturday. On Sunday, St. Augustine's will host a special Pride Mass celebration. And also on July 20th, Grace Muskogee will be hosting a tent at the Muskogee Pride picnic event at Honor Heights. Okay, folks, let's dive into this week's episode. In honor of Pride Month and celebrating the diversity of all of God's children, we have the Reverend Christy Malden on the pod. Mother Christy is the priest in charge at Trinity, Tulsa. Tulsa Pride was a couple weeks ago, and Trinity has always had a strong presence at the event. We chat about why participating in Pride is important to her congregation, and how Trinity fosters an an inclusive environment that welcomes all people. Hope you all enjoy. Here is Mother Christie. Mother Christy, thanks so much for joining me today. Um, I saw that t- Tulsa Pride was, was it two weekends ago? Yes. Okay. And Trinity marched in the parade and you guys looked like you had an awesome turnout of, of folks from your community. And I just wanted to hear about y'all's experience and is this something you do every year or is it, um, is it, something your folks are really engaged with usually or what's the history there? It is something. It is something we do every year. We've done it for the last several years. We have a pretty significant gay and lesbian trans community at Trinity. So we'd like to show our support for all members of the church as well as we can. Mm -hmm. And this year I believe we had a, a new banner and we had quite a number of people show up. A lot of our families, like to bring their children Mm -hmm. so their kids can understand that everybody is welcome when Mm -hmm. it comes to God and the church. Mm -hmm. So it's a very meaningful thing for a lot of people here at Trinity. That's wonderful. 
how do you know how long pride has been going on at tulsa the parade not more than five years i don't think okay it hasn't been that long has has y'all's participation been pretty led by your your lay people have they been the ones to champion this and jump on it absolutely absolutely we have a number of people on staff and a number of people in the parish who kind of spearhead everything and mm -hmm. make sure it happens every year. I can't go most, most often because like this past one, I had a wedding at the same time, mm. but it's wonderful to see the leadership in our parish take it over and make sure that there are ribbons and that people know where to meet up and wear Trinity shirts. So mm -hmm. it's a wonderful lay ministry. Yeah, that's great. About how many folks from Trinity do you think came out this year? I think we had about 35. Nice. Why do you think it's important for the church to be involved in the pride celebrations? Well, I think there are several reasons. One, if we look at how beautiful our sanctuaries are and our beautiful liturgy, but if we're not showing how beautiful we are inside to the people outside of the church, really what's the point? Mm -hmm. If we say we love, but we put limits on it. Mm -hmm. Are we truly loving? Are we truly open? Are we truly inclusive? So I think it's a vital part of being in a Christian formation, but also for the community where there are so many people who struggle mm -hmm. because the church has denied them full inclusion or they're afraid that they will be condemned or judged if they come to church. Mm -hmm. whichever faith community is out there that is affirming and embracing, we need to let other people know. Mm -hmm. Do you, have you had folks come to your community because they felt ostracized from other types of faith communities? Absolutely. Mm -hmm. We've had quite a number of twenties and thirties mm. people who have grown up in different maybe more evangelical churches, maybe more conservative churches. And they loved their church, but not how they were treated. Mm. So we have picked up quite a number of people looking for a safe haven, mm -hmm. still wanting the richness of liturgy, uh, but wanting safety as well. Mm -hmm. And how do you at Trinity feel like you provide that, that safe place for them and, and that they know that they're welcome and okay, besides the pride parade outside of that, the rest of the year, I guess. The rest of the year. Yeah. I, I think part of it is uh, we do same gender marriages here at Trinity. Mm -hmm. uh, we've had a young woman who grew up as a boy who we baptized in her new name as she came out as trans. Mm -hmm. uh, we try to meet people sacramentally where they are and affirm them as children of God, equal uh, as equal to anybody else in the parish. The mm -hmm. other thing that I think is very fun is every year we send one or two people off to aspirancy and the last three have all been gay. Mm. So from ordination to marriage to baptism, sacramentally all people are included year round. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so your your folks in that community know all are welcome because you let them participate in all the sacraments. That's awesome. 
That's awesome. And we have people who are gay who lead Bible study classes and adult formation at all levels of the church have people of all different styles of life and right. all different identities. They're all involved in all levels of our church. Mm -hmm. That's beautiful. Are there other churches or denominations that are that participated in Pride or that you know of in the Tulsa area um, that are welcoming to LGBT folks? Absolutely. Uh, Boston Avenue Methodist Church is very affirming. Mm -hmm. The Unitarians have always been affirming. Mm -hmm. There are a number of Episcopal churches in the Tulsa area who are also involved in the Pride Parade. St. Johnston's always has people there. Uh, so there are little pockets. Mm -hmm. It's certainly not across the board, but there are different pockets from different denominations. How did, I don't know if you'd mind sharing your story of perhaps what led you to be affirming and have a theology um, of inclusion, like a particular relationships you've had with LGBT folk or things like this? I think for me, it began by recognizing that I was not always welcome. Mm. That being ordained as a woman 20 years ago, not everybody wanted to receive me with open arms. And that is so painful, mm -hmm. knowing that just because I am a woman, mm -hmm. I am not accepted as a priest. When it came to a greater understanding and developing relationships with people who are gay or trans and hearing their struggles, mm -hmm. it led me down the road where their story is also my story. Mm. Anyone who feels outside of the Christian faith because of their identity or their biology, we have something in common. Mm -hmm. And I think uh, that really opened my heart to push a bit at my own reservation, mm. at my own preconceived ideas and say, wait, wait a second. God is all loving and all embracing. And why do we put limits on God's grace? Mm. So it was through my own experiences. It was thrown through knowing some very excellent people who happen to be gay but right. who were also very holy, wonderful, thoughtful, loving people, that mm -hmm. it shook me up and made me sit up and say, okay, wait a second. If mm -hmm. I'm included in God's grace, so are they. That's beautiful. Um, I don't know if you saw this. Um, oh, it's been going around on Facebook, this video of um, this Baptist pastor and Knoxville that basically gave a, a really hateful homily on how LGBT people should be executed basically by law enforcement. And um, it's nuts just how far the church has to go and how we can let like these types of things happen in the pulpit. Um, I saw reference to it, but I can't watch stuff like that. It just yeah. makes me angry. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, I, I think so many people uh, are limited in their vision of God's dream. 
they're limited not just because they were born that way, but somebody taught them that way. Mm-hmm. And it's the generations of formation that have led people to think in such binary absolute terms. It will take a long time to overcome all of that. Mm-hmm. It just uh, takes time. Yeah. And I think for those of us who are not in the LBTQ uh, realm, we have to take on a little bit of the burden of educating ourselves and maybe educating some of these people who just don't get it. Mm -hmm. I think that's part of our duty as children of God, as evangelists spreading the good news, Mm -hmm. maybe helping to reshape how other people view the good news and widening their scope. Yeah, I liked what you said earlier, the gospel about being about God's love focusing on God's love for everyone, including everyone. Um, what else, how else do you teach your, through perhaps your theology um, at church that all are welcome? Well, it's been preached a lot at various times and various services about how God is about building barriers and not building walls. Mm-hmm. And it's the call of all of us Christians is to take down walls that separate us. Mm. So included in a lot of our Eucharistic prayers are the prayer for the human family mm-hmm. so that we'll be mindful in our prayers about the need to break down the walls that separate us. And I, don't, I have never preached directly saying, well, maybe I have. I'll take that back. I've been pretty direct sometimes, but <laughs> mentioning, you know, not just saying men and women, but we also list at times in the service, remember God asks that we show our love, not just to people who are like us, but to people who are different than us. Mm-hmm. And that might be somebody who is straight or somebody who is gay, somebody mm-hmm. who is black or someone who is Asian or somebody who is poor. All those differences need to melt away. Mm-hmm. If we're really planning to live into God's dream of the kingdom of heaven mm-hmm. here on earth. It's not something that's off in the future. It's something that we can create now. Mm-hmm. And I talk about kingdom of heaven a lot while I preach. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. As pride month, you know, has been more and more visible. It feels like conversations get very polarizing and there's a right way and a wrong way to interpret scripture and things get heavily debated. Um, But how do you think, you know, the church could be a way to just love people and just be and not have to be so this is the right way or this is the wrong way? I think one of the things that the church can offer is place for holy conversation Mm. where people from different backgrounds and who hold different opinions can come and have conversation and learn about each other beyond the heavy questions, mm-hmm. beyond the, the hot topics. Once we start sharing our lives with each other in conversation, sharing the things that we have in common, I think some of these other things lose their energy because mm-hmm. we start to see each other as people, not as us and them. Mm-hmm. But 
the church has to be very intentional about it because people who have different viewpoints don't always feel safe talking in the same room mm -hmm. and that's on both sides of any issue. So building up loving communities that are honest about where they are and provide space for conversation, I think is one way that the church can move forward. I have, I have one like personal question to kind of end with. Why, why did you want to become a priest? Why did I want to become a priest? <laughs> well, I was planning on finishing a doctorate in biochemistry, but I was involved, I know, whatever. So I was involved in a campus ministry at University of Texas in Austin, as well as working on my doctorate. And we were involved in some street ministry. We went out and brought a praise band down to the downtown area. I had friends who came to that Canterbury who had never known about God and talking about God and Jesus and scripture, it gave me so much energy hmm. that I was not finding in my work in the lab. So I felt this was something that I needed to pursue. Mm -hmm. I think I didn't really realize that I really wanted to be a priest until I was walking down the aisle uh, after being ordained and going up to the altar to celebrate communion and I had an overwhelming sense of God's peace and joy. Mm -hmm. And I knew that this is where I was supposed to be. Mm -hmm. Awesome. Awesome. I thought of one more question about pride. Um, what do you think, or how can straight folks be supportive of their LGBT family? I think uh, one of the main things is not always ask them to explain themselves, that we have to do a lot of the research ourselves. Find out what it means to be non-binary. Find out what it means to use a different pronoun. Don't ask them, well, wh why do you do things that way? Well, why do you think you should be able to? You know, we have to do a lot of the research ourselves. We need to do some heavy lifting. Mm -hmm. But another thing we can do is not assume how anyone wants to be called or treated. Uh, perhaps ask somebody, what's your pronoun? How right. do you want to be referred to? Mm -hmm. And give them the power to empower us by those mm. simple questions. Mm. Are you he? Are you she? Are you they? Who are you? I think that gives that person the opportunity to feel respected as part of our baptismal covenant. Mm, that's good, that's good. I love that, give them the power. I like that. Thanks for joining us, y'all. Be sure to sign up for the Diocesan Newsletter at our website epiok.org slash newsletter and follow us on all of our social media platforms to stay up to date on what's going on in the Episcopal Diocese of Oklahoma. See y'all next week and peace be with you.